Hello and welcome to another edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. I'm Gary Mack and I'm joined by the ever-popular, handsome co-host of mine, Rich Baxter. Rich, how the hell are you today? Thank you so much, Gary. Doing well. How are you? Where can I send that check for all those nice compliments (laughs) for you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, Rich, and, uh, I'll, I'll send you an uh, email after the show where you can send the check. Right. <laughs> Venmo or PayPal. Will that work? <laughs> oh, Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, whatever you, yeah, uh, there you go. Whatever's going, whatever coin there is out there now. Uh, well, Rich, the, uh, baseball season. Uh, spring training, at least, is in full swing. I was catching a couple of games out on the um, West Coast the other night. I was up late, and I put on uh, the Angels and the Cubs, I believe it was. Yes. Uh, last night, I think it was the Angels and, um, oh, who was it? The Rockies? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, they're playing a lot. The MLB at night, late at night, plays a lot of the replays of the uh, uh, Arizona League and uh, caught some of that. But, uh, you know, the rest of Major League Baseball has been very busy, Rich, and they announced uh, plans to host an annual Lou Gehrig Day on June 2nd. It's going to raise awareness for... Amotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, commonly known as Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, named after the Yankee legend who died in 1930, or was diagnosed with it in 1939. Um, the plans include plays wearing a 4 ALS patch on their jersey, an homage to Gehrig's number four, and fundraising efforts to help the fight against the disease. The idea came from an advocacy group that included a songwriter, Brian Wayne Galantine, who was diagnosed with ALS in 2017 and two years later raised the idea to other members about working with MLB to honor Garrick in a similar manner to Jackie Robinson and Roberto Clemente. Unfortunately, uh, the uh, before it passed the board, he passed away of the disease in October. Um, actually, he he did live to see that two days after every club had agreed to the plan. So, uh, MLB going to uh, uh, do another day. Uh, June 2nd, every year it's going to be rich t- to honor uh, Lou Gehrig. Yeah, it sounds really good. Uh, and raise some awareness on uh, the disease that's unfortunately sort of associated with his name. You know, um, number four for the Yankees for many years. And uh, that's good. Baseball finally doing some stuff that we can be proud of um, associating itself with um, nice uh, awareness and, uh, you know, just a, a good solid connection there with this uh, charity. And, uh, you know, but you have to wonder if you have an ad- advocacy group, if uh, they'll try to do any other things such as this, you know, like, uh, I mean, Babe Ruth died of throat cancer. Will a cancer group get together and have a Babe Ruth day? I, you know, um, you have to wonder whether they'll do it. I'm glad that they're not all wearing number four because that's, you know, Jackie Robinson is the most confusing day in baseball to me because everybody's got 42 on, so you don't know yeah. what player it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, imagine that in football because they'd say, you know, the referee call a foul on number 42 and everybody would have the same number. But <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it is confusing, especially yeah. when you're at the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because at least at home, you know, the, the uh, 
the uh, the announcers will have an idea of who the players are, but um, you know it's a good thing. Uh, Major League Baseball getting involved for uh, a, a good charity such as that. And it is a terrible disease, and and uh, man, you know we spend so much money in this country on stuff and. Things like this aren't getting looked at, and that's really a shame. Yeah, I'm just reading a little of the biography here as we're talking about this story. And it, things that I never knew about uh, Lou Gehrig, I'll just read just a second or two for our listeners out there and people that are watching us on YouTube. Uh, he was born to a father who was a sheet metal worker by trade, who was frequently unemployed due to alcoholism and epilepsy. His mother, a maid, was the main breadwinner and disciplinarian in the family. Uh, he had two sisters who died in her early age from whooping cough and measles, a brother who also died in infancy. So what a, what a kind of a tragic life this guy had who rose up out of these sort of ashes, so to speak, and became, you know, a great baseball player. It's a, it's an amazing story. And that's, you know, part of it, uh, if you watch the movie, he almost seemed like a, uh, how can I word this in a nice way? A mama's boy, I guess, because his mother was so involved. But, uh, you know, when you lose kids like that, you do, you do tend to... Uh, be more protective of the of the ones that that remain. So they were very protective of him. And uh, interesting, I didn't know that about his father because in the movie, his father comes off as a a lovable, uh, you know, uh, type of guy. But of course, those you know, when that movie was made, they didn't really go into the. Now, if they made his story again, you'd have a big thing about, uh, you know, him being an alcoholic and uh, who knows. But um, it, it just how times change. But it's it's a good movie if you ever want to check it out. Pride of the Yankees, uh, probably one of the best baseball movies ever from a, a dramatic point of view. Um. And it makes sense. I mean, Field of Dreams is a great movie, but it's, you know, there's a lot of confusion. In that yeah. yeah. The ones that Baseball Network keeps showing back to back to back, uh, you know, yeah, they could refresh that a little bit yeah. sometimes with these other films. But yeah, great that Lou Gehrig will be, um, you know, have his own day, so to speak. MLB here in 2021 and Gary, I have another news and note about the, some fans going to be watching baseball, at least in California. It was announced that, uh, as of April 1st, they're going to have a relaxing in different areas of California, um, for fans to be able to attend games from California. Interestingly enough, the tickets must be sold to Californians. They can't be sold to people outside of California to come and watch the games because they don't want to attract a lot of travelers still, apparently. So um, in some form or fashion, there's going to be fans in California um, and around the country. We have uh, different states opening up. Texas just dropped the masks um, and uh, other requirements that people have been following. And um, so we're going to have some fans probably at different levels in different states, but, uh, that'll be nice. I, <laughs> I want to say something here, but I, I just find it fascinating that California, uh, will only sell the Californians. And yet the borders are wide open because of COVID, but they're afraid to let people in their state because of COVID. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but. That's California. That's Cal and Texas has got the same issue. They open the borders in Texas to Mexico. They open the borders to government. And yet 
they 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 have themselves surrounded by fences and stuff. So, uh, and and these people coming in, they said the other day, a hundred people with COVID. Don't they think that's going to spread? I mean, I don't know. We well, let's not get into that uh, in this show. But uh, that that's good news that people are going to be allowed in. And uh, I know New York here. I think it's like. Uh, I'm not sure if it's 10% or 30% or something or other. There's going to be a minimum amount of people allowed in. Uh, but that's at least something. And, of course, we've got our own problems here in New York with our governor. It looks like he's going to be going up the river for uh, either harassing women or, or cheating the federal government, uh, lying uh, with the COVID death numbers. So uh he's doomed no matter what uh but um i you know it's it's a shake your head proposition here florida and texas are thriving and they opened it up and i i just i don't understand why we're still closing things down when we should be opening things up now in this country and opening it up you know you want to you want to make it so they got to wear a mask into the ballpark. That's fine, but uh, I, you know, just yeah. uh, I, 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 I just wonder what, what, like uh, in Miami, are they gonna in Tampa? Are they gonna have social distancing or or is it a hundred percent tickets they can sell? Not that it matters in Miami and Tampa. When you see a crowd, it looks like they were social distancing long before there was a lockdown. Sure, where Otani will stack uh-huh. up in the road. Yeah. Um, California, it says on Friday, lifted some coronavirus uh, restrictions on outdoor sports. And I'll bring it up here on our feed for our YouTube uh, viewers as well here in a second. And, um, it's going to be various places. So, so far, the Padres, the Angels, and the A's have also said that they will have fans in the stands as of opening day on April 1st. Dodgers and the Giants um, have not commented yet, but they will announce plans later. That's uh, interesting. As far as how many fans will be let in, um, despite there being... Um, 4,659 new cases on Thursday in California being announced. Um, but like you said, apparently, you know, with all the vaccinations that are being done, uh, it's going to allow certain percentages of people to go into these venues to watch baseball and, uh, across the country, it'll probably be, you know, local and state governments making those decisions. Yeah. And I guess there'll be certain protocols. I guess, I don't know. Will they take your temperature, uh, before you go in or that they have some other devices now to, uh, tell whether you're sick or not. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't think I'll be going to a game this year. Not at my age. Uh, um, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, I'd be a little nervous of taking the risk at this point in time. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I've been home for almost a year. I'm retired, so it's okay. I can be home. <laughs> I, I went out to the Texas Roadhouse last night, and you wouldn't know there was a pandemic. There was an hour wait to oh, get in. Really? Uh, the place was wow. surrounded by by vehicles and this was I would say, you know, prime time for dinner around five thirty to seven o'clock. There was an hour and twenty minute wait that <laughs> me and a few coworkers endured to get in there. Wow. Uh, but um once in, yeah, it was, you know, as you're eating, of course, everybody had their masks off. So um the first few times I've eaten in a restaurant I was really concerned but each time you go back your concern sort of 
you forget about it, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, with me, it's 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 the you know it's the weight and the age now with me. So I'm yeah. just and and of course my wife's situation health wise. So I'm not, we're not going to take any chances and um, sure. you know I can't take any chances that I give it to her. So and unless you had the vaccination and all that, you know, people are going to be more so um, erring on the side of caution, so to speak. And that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, if I if I can't go to a game, I can't go to a game. That's it. You know, um, if things ease up and who knows, at the end of the year, maybe I'll go to a minor league game or something where it's not as crowded and, uh, you know, more suitable for social distance. I, you know, everything's up in the air. So, yeah. you know, who knows now? Um, but the good thing is it looks like we're going to proceed and have a season unless, you know, some monkey wrench gets thrown into the works. But let's keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't. Yeah, some of the superstars already hitting the diamond in spring training. Uh, now that the first week of play is underway here, uh, we're starting to see some of the biggies come out for the Mets, Jacob DeGrom. Took the mound um, for the Mets already. Bryce Harper hit a home run for the Phillies already, his first at bat of spring training. Wow, that, that's a pretty good thing. But, you know, it, Rich, it's not, these guys, you know, they get so much money that it's not like the old-time guys that when we were kids or when I was a kid, they'd have to get a job in the winter. <laughs> yeah. You know, and... Uh, these guys now, their job is staying in shape. So he was probably as all of them are. Not, I'm not just picking on him. Um, and and look, it's a good thing. It's better for the fans. But you know, they come in, they're ready to go already. I mean, really, the only reason that you have spring training now is to get the pitches stretched out and loosened up. And and even though they're throwing all winter, it's not the same kind of thing. You want to get them into that game thing, you know? Um, But the hitters, I think the hitters are hitting all year round pretty much now. There's so much money they put an addition on their house and put a batting cage in. I mean, uh, you know, Cal Ripken's house, he had a a full-size gymnasium basketball court uh, uh, built onto his house. I mean, you know, when you say, and when you say house, picture mansion, you know, yeah, like well, yeah. big, <laughs> yeah. big spreads. Uh, Wouldn't you like to live in one time. of those places just, just for like a month, just to see what it would be like to like need a golf cart to go to the kitchen or something? <laughs> a dozen bathrooms, like yeah, a dozen just, bedrooms. I I always thought about that when I see the king, uh, the the queen of England, you know, in in the palace there, and they're going on about the bathrooms, and I'm saying, would you like to just roam through there and, uh, you know, uh, seems like it would be a little lonely unless you had people, you know, family staying I, with I you and know. things like that, because big cavernous uh, house that you have many rooms in, you know, if it's you and a wife or you and family member, you know, one guy's going to be on this wing while the other one is, you know, in the kitchen and <laughs> you're going to need walkie talkies to talk to one another or something. It could be healthy for some marriages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine a podcast studio you get built. Wow. <laughs> now I hear, and we'll have to do some research uh, on this. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of the superstars uh, are building these huge mansions, baseball players. Uh, Mike Trout is uh, got a mansion underway in Southern New Jersey in his hometown. So uh, when we, when we get some details on that, we'll bring it on to the show for you. I don't think it's going to be, any small place either. No, in fact, they mentioned that on uh, one of the broadcasts I was watching, uh, the Angels, and they said that uh, uh, Mike Trout was building 
a rather large home on his uh uh in his hometown so uh uh i imagine he'll have a whole uh you know batting cage set up and uh who knows what else uh but got- it's it's very interesting yeah and he was just recently in the news um a year and a half ago about snaring a, a California mansion as well for himself, a 9,000 square foot English Tudor style mansion in Newport beach. So for his, uh, Anaheim angel activities, uh, 9.15 million. Let's put a little screenshot of that up for our YouTube listeners and, you know, if you're listening to us on the podcast, check us out on YouTube. Uh, we're there as well. And uh, there it is, Gary. I think you're talking about something like this. I uh, love it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. This is the place here. It looks like a three car garage. Um, nice pool. Gated community elevator, built-in doggy bath, and sweeping coastal views. Yeah, that's what you were talking about. Yeah. Master suite for a his and hers walk-in closet and a shared bathroom with two vanities. Nice. A soaking tub and a large walk-in shower. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, multiple mansions for uh, Mr. Trout there um rags to riches almost even though his family had means of some sort you know he's really hit it the big time yeah that's another thing i've always wondered about when you hear these entertainers or ball players have like six homes or something how the hell do you figure that out i mean you know, what do you do for clothes? I, you know what I mean? I, you got if clothes you got, in every house. <laughs> I, yeah, clothes but what happens? But you know how you fall in love, like with a sweatshirt? You get your favorite sweatshirt or something like that. And oh, crap, I left that in my New York house. You know, I, yeah. I did I got did that I TV, I like down in Jersey there. Yeah, do I bring luggage with me? I, I, I mean, how does that work? You're not going to carry I, your own luggage. Do you have cars in each house? I mean, I can't fathom it. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I, I never been exposed to that world. I don't know. I, I mean, I know some people that got a vacation house or something, you know, um, and and. I mean, I get confused when I go away for two weeks, you know, uh, did I bring enough clothes? (laughs) Yeah. What do you do when you got different houses and you know, Oh, I like my chair in, 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 uh, you know, Florida, but, uh, boy, whoever picked these chairs in, uh, Jersey, they're not very comfortable. You know, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah, I know we're totally off the tangent, but get that kind of money, pick up a phone, you know, yeah, I want this chair and I'll deliver it to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or do like you order like six and have them delivered to each house? I mean, right. uh, is each house got like the same? set up i mean i (laughs) and the idea i would imagine is to keep those funds coming in so you got to start investing you got to start you know buying different things (laughs) that are generating revenue to pay for all this stuff yeah i know taxes water bills sewer bills I never could have, when, you know, they say, oh, Tiger Woods has got like five homes. Like, how, how can you be so guy? And they're staff, so they're always clean and, and stuff like that. How do you not? Well, I mean, obviously the money that these guys are making, they can do it. The, 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 the people that do it. Well, but still, it's just how do you decide when you want to, you know, like if you want to go to a. A warm weather, but you, you know, you got a house in Florida, you got a house in California, you got a house in the islands, you know? Well, there's three warm weather spots. How do you decide where you want to go? 
I, I could see if you had a house in Florida and a, and a place in New York or something, you know, because you had family or whatever, and you go back and forth. That kind of makes, you know, you know what you can do. You leave some winter and summer clothes in New York. You leave summer clothes in in Florida, naturally, and uh, then you bring back a few items and everything. But but what would you like? You know, what would you do? Would you set up two podcast studios? Would you have double of everything? I you know I it's just amazing to me, and and I'd love to live that lifestyle. But uh, you know, it's just it's fascinating more than anything else. I don't mean to be critical of it. I just I I find it fascinating. Yeah. It's amazing. And as we said, we've been talking about sports cards the last couple of podcasts. And um, there's another story uh, from last year. If you didn't catch this one, um, a guy shelled out four million for the Mike Trout rookie card um, that was signed. So it was a uh, a nine rated card, 10 overall. Uh, nine for the signature, I believe, and ten for the card. And uh, guy picked it up for three point nine million in uh, Vegas. Guy named Vegas Dave. So uh, <laughs> and cards, cards are off the shelves. I looked at Target the other night. I was shopping around, and I was like, ah, used to go over and visit Target's um, baseball cards and football yeah. cards in the area mm-hmm. there, and there was none. So it, it, and there was a sign that said, you know, we're limiting one box per customer on purchases of cards because they're so hot. So, you know, collecting has, has really exploded again across the country. People are getting back into it. Card values going up like crazy and it's the physical cards. I know people are issuing the digital cards as well online, but they're not as popular as something you can hold in your hand, something that's graded and uh, it's really taken off again. Yeah. There's something about a baseball card. I mean, uh, a real card, like you said, holding it in your hand, the cardboard, the feel of it, everything, uh, that you can't uh, duplicate in, in a digital card. So, and how about this? The guy that originally sold the card to him, bought it in 2018 for $400,000. He ends up making a $3.6 million profit on a card in just about two years. That's uh, amazing. That's the way to do it, right? Yeah. Then you can start I'm, on. I'm just amazed. <laughs> I, you know, I'm amazed because usually when you used to hear about those high price cards, as we've said before, it was like a Hannes Wagner, an old card. Yeah. You know, from uh, it's not beginning. that old of a card. No, it's, it's a very common, you know, newer card, which is amazing. And uh, yeah, as you said, Honus Wagner's old tobacco cards were the ones that sold for over a million dollars. That just shows you how wacky the collecting world has gone um, in the last couple of years. Just maybe the pandemic brought upon a lot of this, you know, situation, yeah, people, so to speak. Yeah, people got back into it. They had the time, but really wacky. And talking about wacky stuff, Rich, uh, we got an email this week from our good friends, uh, Jeff Cohen and of Baseball and Barbecue. And he's brought out a couple of things that he talks about in the email that he wanted to, to, us to discuss. Uh, you know, and he mentioned that... Uh, Spring training, they're allowing five to seven inning games, uh, depending upon what the clubs want to play, and players can be re- reinserted into the game. And uh, he's concerned that while they sound stupid, the rules that somewhere along the lines they might be added into Major League Baseball. Um, but his real question is, do you think that one day Manfred will implement a mercy rule? Say a team is up by 15 runs after six innings. Will the game be called in the interest of protecting the pitches? Uh, I know it. he says uh, it sounds ridiculous, uh, but 
we used to say the same thing about a runner on second in extra innings. Do you ever think we'll see an, a mercy rule in Major League Baseball, Rich? I hope not. Um, I really do, because it's almost like a softball game at that point. Uh, you know, you got to play the game out, in my opinion. You have to, you know, just as they always have. So uh, in my world, I wouldn't be happy with that. Yeah, I I don't think so, because I think uh, just for the reason that you said, people would be, I think people would be up in arms if you pay a price and you go to a game and either your team is down or or uh, the other team is down by 15 runs and then they call the game. And uh, it, it's sort of like going to a movie and they play three-quarters in a movie, and even though you may know how it ends, uh, you know, they, they cut it off and say, well, you all know who, how it's going to end again. So I, I don't think you'll see it uh, ever. I mean, you know, who knows? Manfred might be crazy to do it, but uh, um, I, I don't think you'll see that. He's got another question, Rich, and that is in the Manfred world, a pitcher goes, uh, let's say a pitcher goes 10 innings, very rare, I stipulate, <laughs> but it can happen. The pitcher is pitching a perfect game, but the game goes to extra innings tied 0-0. Zero zero. Bottom of the 10th, a runner is placed on second base. A bunt moves the runner to third. A sack fly scores a run. Should it be considered a perfect game loss? The pitcher got 29 consecutive outs and did not allow a runner on base. By rule, the runner was placed on second. What is the ruling? I have no idea, Rich, in this situation. I really don't. What they would call that. Uh, Jeff makes a good point here, but um, they are putting the runner on. It doesn't count as a hit or or a walk against a bat uh, against a pitcher. I don't believe it shouldn't. So I don't know how you would score something like that. He's he's got to ask uh, uh, Jeff when you listen to this. You got to ask a, 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 a an official scorer to find out that answer because I, I have no idea what they would call that. Yeah, and every year I I like to obtain the rule book if I can find it, and it's been getting harder and harder to find it on the shelf um, because it's probably getting thicker and thicker because of the things that are mentioned <laughs> by Jeff in that email. The you know little things that nuances that you might not consider thinking about until something like that happens. But yeah, it's just pardon the word, but malarkey in my book. All these extra rules runner on second. I don't go for that at all. There's, there's just no way to, you know, why not put them on third and just let somebody bunt them home and, and call it a day. I just, you know, to, or put them on first. Why second, you know, like it doesn't make sense. One hit wins the game or, you know, they go ahead by run, I guess, you know, so I'm not in favor of that, but Jeff, thanks for the great questions and the email. And um, keep up the great work on baseball and barbecue. Now, I was just Googling the show, and I came up with another baseball BBQ podcast. It was just launched. Uh, just wanted to let you know about that. But if you're looking for our Jeff, it's baseball and A-N-D BBQ. So uh, I hate that when podcasts nick your name. And yeah, take the yeah. name that you've been using for a while, and then you're, you know, you get lost in the shuffle, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. But Len and Jeff, they're the original ones, and and they do a great job, and uh, they're terrific guys. And I'm not just saying that because I go on a show every now and then, but they get some great interviews, and they're doing a series now on, uh, like the history of old time baseball going back to like the 1800s and stuff. And they had a, a, a gentleman on the other day. Well, their last show that, uh, plays in, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, they're not 
I don't know how to really explain it. It's not an organized league, uh, but they go. It goes around different areas of the country, and they play these uh, old time teams. You know, they play old style rules, no gloves, and everything like that. And uh, he had a, a quite an interesting guest on the other day. Um, guy's nickname was Pine Tar. <laughs> and uh, he was quite interesting character. So uh, go check out their podcast. They they have a lot of terrific guests on uh, there. Well, Rich, uh, Manfred's been busy in the, in the MLB, as we've suggested, but uh, now they suspended free agent pitcher Sam Dyson for the entire 2021 season and postseason for violating the league's domestic violence policy. Uh, Manfred announced the discipline action on Friday and Dyson accepted the punishment. It is the longest suspension levied by the league under the policy for a player who was not formally charged. Dyson was a free agent before post by his now ex-girlfriend alluded to violence. In November 2019, and is yet to be signed by a team. Now, you know, I this guy's got to go. Now he's got to he's got to go through a confidential and comprehensive evaluation and treatment program with the Joint Policy Board overseeing it. But we don't even know if he did anything. Yeah, yeah, it and that alluded to violence she didn't say he did anything she alluded i'm 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 gonna stay out of this one i think your thoughts (laughs) yeah we we'll dance around this one nicely um it's a it's tough you know tough situation he has been suspended and that's about all we don't know any of the i always say that we don't know what happened deals because we really don't know what happened. So even to say anything about it would be speculation on our part. So we just have to report what happened, um, you know, and let everything work itself out from there. But yeah, what a shame that that has happened. And uh, another news of uh, crime and things like that, uh, former MLB player, Tony, Fernandez, uh, formerly of the Blue Jays for many years and the Mets, the New York Mets, uh, lived in the Dominican Republic, passed away last year. Uh, news of his house and his family has been staying in his house after he passed away, has been robbed in um, Dominican Republic, and they stole a lot of his baseball memorabilia including a Mets jersey that he had on display there. And they left it in shambles as well. This was reported on a fan-sided blog for baseball. And uh, what a terrible story. It's, you know, it had a closed-circuit video of the robbers. They were young people, probably 20 years old, I would guess, 21 maybe. And just no regard for anybody, you know, like, that's the ultimate of, um, you know, disparaging somebody's memory to go in there and, you know, steal their items and uh, just it doesn't give you a warm and fuzzy. No, and that's what the family has left of him to remember him by, you know, and uh, these dirt bags come in and, and they take those memories away. I don't know. It's just it's a, it. it, it it's a crazy world out there, and it's just, uh, you know, um, I don't know. Maybe the baseball world could do something to help the family out if they need it uh, or whatever. But then to trash the house and, and, you know, take the memorabilia, but why trash somebody's home as well? So, yeah, uh, it's, it's just uh, it's not the world we grew up in, apparently, Yeah. Uh, Rich, but, uh, uh, you know, another thing that we didn't discuss that just popped into my head, uh, uh, thinking about that uh, Sam Dyson situation, you know, Mickey Calloway, the Angels pitching coach, who's been suspended now indefinitely in the former Met manager, 
he's in some hot water with uh, this deal with the women and uh, apparently having sex with all kinds of women and uh, sending pictures of his genitals to uh, women. Uh, and apparently it was well known throughout baseball. And my question is, how did they let it get this far? Um, you know, they knew it in Cleveland, though they deny it. You know, they said the Mets knew about it. They had a nickname for him in the organization, which I won't uh, repeat here. Um, Thank you. And <laughs> and it's yeah, just well amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you know, some people may have known about it, but others may not have like management brass, you know, word gets around with certain circles, but not in all circles, you know? Uh, and if you've ever worked for a company or a bigger company, you know, your close conf confidants might know things, but yet, you know, somebody in an office that's far away doesn't know that obviously, but that's, you know, the way of the world, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, it's a shame, you know, and that's, I don't know. That's personal stuff in a certain respect. I just, I'd rather not know about these things, but, uh, you know, <laughs> apparently when it gets, uh, surfaces and, um, it makes the news, so to speak, it's, uh, not good. Yeah. <laughs> To say the least. And, and and you were talking about uh, you know things circling around a company. Well, let's make this this show circle around your company. If you're a fan of the show and know other baseball fans in your company, circle and tell them about the show. Let's circle it around. Let's get more uh, viewers and listeners to the podcast. Uh, we can always uh, use that, and we welcome it, and we welcome your opinions, and if you'd like to get in contact with us uh, and be a part of the show, you can call us at 516-619-6341, leave a message, comment, or question. It is a, uh, 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 a, um, a voicemail, that's the word I'm looking for. It is a voicemail number. We do not, we don't do a live show yet. So, uh, we may be thinking about that in the future. Uh, but so we can't take phone calls, but, uh, you so know, we uh, do record it live. We never we, stop. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We record it live. It, but by the time you get it, it is recorded. Um, but you know, uh, if you'd like to see us do live shows, let us know and, uh, maybe you can help us out with a uh, small donation. Go to anchor.fm slash baseball talk radio show or patreon.com slash baseball talk. And you can leave a donation there. $2, $3, $5, $1,000 if you like a month. Anything you'd like to give would be greatly appreciated and would help us uh, with the show. So, uh, you know, I hope you look into those things. Yeah, even a dollar a month. And you can go right to our site at anchor.fm. Um, feel free to uh, sign up right from there. There's a sponsor button on there. Uh, you can have it a recurring uh, sponsorship. And they're real good about that. Uh, safe place to uh, sign up here. Here's some stats from our podcast here. And Spotify just purchased anchor.fm, Gary. So, uh, Maybe we'll look for some improvements. A bigger company scooped up this company that we've been dealing with for a couple of years now with the show. So uh, here's some nice stats um, for you to look at here. We got a lot of listeners from all over the place. United States still the leader at 86%. United Kingdom still hanging in there at 7%. That's a huge number to me, uh, foreign listeners. And we got uh, Mexico and Canada in there with uh, about 1% apiece. So, you know, we're covering North America quite well here. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Podcasts, 72%. Amazon Alexa, some people are taking our 
information that we're giving them. You can listen to it right from your smart device, Apple or Google. And in this case, Alexa, 4%. That's a big number. And Anchor Direct is 3%. Overcast, 3%. And then 18% other. And here's a breakdown of our listeners by age group. And uh, great representation here in the middle uh, golden year, so to speak, 45 to 59 and our retired folks of around 60 plus and 35 to 44. We've made great strides in big listenership. So thank you very much, everyone. And thank you. And, and one more time, you want to be a part of the show? You can just call us at 516-619-6341 and leave a message, a comment, or a question. And we'll be more than happy uh, to uh, play it on the air for you. And, uh, yeah. Rich, we, we've got some uh, surgeries to report about Uh Nationals left-hander John Lester will undergo or he has undergone surgery to have his thyroid gland removed. Uh, assuming all went well, the surgery is only expected to keep him out of action for roughly a week's time. He has been dealing with fatigue early in camp. And after some consultations with medical experts and a slate of tests, he opted to have the surgery this week with the hope that it'll prevent further symptoms during the 2021 season. He uh, Lester signed a one-year $5 million deal with the Nationals over the winter, setting the stage for him to slide into the rotation behind Matt Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin. The contract reunites him with David Martinez, uh, his manager, who was his bench coach in Chicago from 2015 to 2017, and with fellow free agent signee Kyle Schwaber. So uh, John Lester having a uh, uh, big surgery to take out his thyroid, but they say he'll only miss a week, and I believe he had uh, a, a cancer a couple of years ago that's in remission. So that's why they're not taking any chances with the thyroid, I would imagine. Yeah, and we wish him well, of course. Uh, John Lester's been around for many years, uh, pitching uh, with the Cubs and, of course, with the Red Sox for many years. So we wish him well. And uh, Yankee manager uh, Aaron Boone had a pacemaker um, put in him uh, recently. And uh, Gary was just complaining about, you know, a shortness of breath, um, some lightheadedness and things like that. So doctors made a determination that he needed a emergency pacemaker to keep his uh, heart rate up. And he's already back with the Yankees. So it's amazing how fast these doctors can diagnose these things sometimes patch you up and get you right back to work it is amazing i was thinking the same thing and uh he had uh i think open heart surgery or some other kind of heart surgery a couple of years ago so uh it's pretty amazing and he's young he's only like 47 but uh the ticker uh you know doesn't know any age so uh, but like you said, Rich, isn't it amazing how they can pop that thing in there and the next day or two days later, he's back and, uh, he'll be taking it easy. I don't, you know, they're not gonna, they'll be watching him closely and, uh, making him rest and he may not be back full time with the, the club yet, but uh, in a couple of weeks, they expect that he'll probably be back to full speed. So it is it's it's quite an amazing thing nowadays we're living in quite an age of uh medical uh you know surgery and and the stuff that they can do and here's the amazing thing to me i remember years ago uh like like when open heart surgery things like that were such a you know it was it still is a serious operation, but remember how it used to be so serious years ago. Probably when you were a kid, you hear somebody get open heart surgery or something like that. It was like, oh my God, you know. Yeah. 
Now it's routine almost. Now it's like they pop them out one after the other that you don't even. It's still serious. I'm not anything like that is incredibly, incredibly serious. But it's not. It, it, it's just such a different level now because they know so much more and they, they do it so much, you know, so often. So, um, but thank goodness that uh, even though he's a Yankee, um, I say that with a smile. Uh, you know, we don't want to see anybody go through that. And and especially since he's such a young man, it really is a shame. Yeah, but uh, back on the diamond, as is Major League Baseball, we're recording the show on Sunday. So, Gary, it's going to be a, a big lineup of games again. A lot of these broadcasts are start going to make it onto the air in your local markets, uh, usually after 10 days or so of playing some spring training games is when that happens. So I'm looking forward to a little afternoon baseball to maybe uh, pull up a sandwich and a soft drink and turn on, uh, watch some warm weather down there and some baseball being played. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I said on this show, the other, or my Mets musing show, but uh, I did get a little freaked out the other Hey, I, I tell you, I must be losing my mind at my age. I don't know. Uh, I, I put on the game, as I said earlier, and I'm watching the wind blow, and I'm saying, my God, isn't these guys, aren't these guys freezing? You uh-huh. know, they're in short sleeves and any everything, and not, not even realizing that they're in Arizona, and it's probably a nice warm breeze, and they're thankful for it, you know, uh, because it was so cold here the other day that i don't know my mind is playing tricks on me i guess and and i i was thinking of that they were all in new york weather when they were in beautiful arizona or florida so i have to keep that in mind and and not be uh, as uh um jealous <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> I just had a little hiccup in my computer, so I apologize if I spoke over you there. Um, But thanks for listening to this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show, everyone. And uh, Gary, I can't wait to the next one already. Yeah, Rich, we're starting to get some stories at least to cover and uh, can't wait either. So we'll see you again next time.